I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real here, along with my partner, colleague, friend, also an investor, Mr. Nick Hodge. He happens to be the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle and my co-host on our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. This is our 227th session. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk Jerome getting a little cover. We're going to talk gold looking cute again. We're going to talk silver, doing what silver does. A lot to get into. Bear market, bull market, a lot to dissect. As always, Mr. Hodge, first and foremost, how are you today, sir? Hanging in there? I'm doing good, Jordo. It's um, one of those weeks where it's good to be a mining investor again. So uh, we'll, we'll, we're smart this week. We'll see how long that lasts. Sorry, you? You, be, you, beat me, you beat me to the comment. We're all smart again for a couple of days, right? Although, look, again, in fairness, uh, you and I, our subscribers for the most part, have had you know pretty good uh, a, a pretty good run here the last couple of years. I mean, the speculative stuff has struggled along with all speculative stocks, but you know the non-speculative speculative stocks in the junior space, anyway, that we we deemed the top picks for the most part here in the last year or two have performed really, really well. Patriots, the obvious one, but you know, you were really early on Bravo mining. We helped finance that at the 50 cent level. And that thing looks like it's on its way to a billion dollar market cap. It sits at half a billion right now, trading at five bucks. So look, 10 times your money, nine times your money in this market over the past year, given the volume and the price action for most of the venture exchange, um, really encouraging. And then let's start there. There's actually an uptick in volume, and hence the reason we all feel smart for a couple of days again, um, and price action in the vent venture exchange. Uh, the portfolio looks mostly green across the board. We did get a CPI number that we'll discuss here in just a second, and we'll dive into the overall indices here in the U.S., but let's stop at the venture exchange this week because it's actually behaving like it wants to do something. Thoughts? Well, you had a dollar that fell out of bed um, when you got that CPI report. It went below 100 on the on the DXY, and you know things that priced in dollars then tend to go up. So you had oil back at 77 for the first time since April. You had uh, copper rising towards four uh, dollars, and um, globally, there's you know continues to be announcements um, and and reports, research reports about. You know, just how acute this battery metals shortage is going to be for all these mm -hmm. uh, auto automakers and, and battery plants that have um, been announced. So um, all that stuff combined, and there's also been, you know, some drill results, people that can actually drill where there's not fires uh, during the summer season that have been, have been putting out results. So so all those things combined, weak dollar, um, battery metal shortage announcements. Um, and then results from companies mean that some of these uh, quality companies have caught a bid um, over the past week or so. And uh, the TSX has, has finally had a, a, a good couple of days. And it, it doesn't help uh, that, you know, and not just the copper price is, is going up, but the gold price as well, which you mentioned in, in the intro there. And that's a function of, um, again, the weakening dollar and, and, and softening bond yields. Uh, Purportedly, as a result of the of the CPI, uh, again, we'll see how long that lasts. The Fed meets here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for just to provide some context for those of you that aren't aware, there was a CPI report, um, which you know somewhat uh, mockingly measures uh, inflation. Right, it excludes uh, food and, and gas and some of the other things that you kind of need to get by in civil society. But anyhow, that's a rant, right? I could go into that. Um, but but the CPI report came in with better than expect expecting numbers with inflation 
uh, trending lower um, than expectations. And that, of course, leads to speculation that it'll give Jerome the opportunity to claim a victory on a soft landing potentially. And so the markets definitely believed it. Look, you mentioned the dollar. It fell below the 100 index, right? The 100 level um, on the US dollar index. And so it's 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 fighting to hold it as we speak. We're recording this Thursday, July the 13th. It'll be interesting to me if it if it if it fails to hold that hundred level weekend. And to that end, gold performed beautifully, right? Right on cue, surging to the nineteen sixty level as it should. Silver had itself a heck of a day yesterday, up some four plus percent and is now closer to twenty-five dollars um than twenty-four dollars. So a lot to like in the precious metal space. You touched on copper. I have to say I was reading an article and I mentioned it um, a bit ago, but RBC says that over $200 billion needs to be spent on new copper mines in the next decade to avoid a 10 million ton deficit by 2035. And man, is that music to my contrarian heart's ears because you and I have been, you know, pretty aggressively, um, definitely on my end of it, have been increasing our copper exposure. You know, my biggest uh, and my second biggest position next to Patriot right now is hand in metals. You know, I, I wrote a pretty substantial check. That's a check that, you know, I think in three to five years will give me 10, 20, 30 fold returns on the low end. I think I'm being conservative. I think that um, controlling a basin, right, an entire basin of unexplored, never touched uh, copper, silver, gold targets is going to prove very, very fruitful and beneficial. And and look, as robust as my position is, I'm going to be adding to that position um, the remainder of this year. So if any of you are looking for some quality junior explorer uh, copper leverage, I think hand and metals is worth doing your due diligence. You and I talked a bit off air, Nick, and you were mentioning some of the bigger names and funds that are getting into the space that are starting to allocate capital into the resource sector. You want to touch on that a bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Bravo, which um, is, is onto some semi-massive and, and massive sulfides as well. It's one of the reasons that those shares have been going up, right? Not just PGMs and gold, but um, increasingly nickel, particularly at depth. Um, the, the nickel grades have been going up. And of course, they, they have a helicopter um, EM survey that they flew that, that the market's waiting for the results of, which I think is going to be what you know, take shares over that half a billion market cap and and, and over $5 Canadian. Um, and the reason I started talking about um, Bravo was because it's in Brazil. Their asset is called Luanga. And so, or Luanga probably is, is proper pronunciation. Uh, but about a month ago, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about the two mines in Brazil, one nickel and and one copper that were held in a in a private equity firm called Apian. I don't know if you've ever come across that in your your diligence, but uh, they're a, a natural resource uh, sort of, um, you know, a private equity firm, and um, they I guess they control these assets. And two years ago, they were trying to sell them to Sabanye Stillwater, and and Sabanye ended up uh, ended up walking. But I flash forward to this year, and um, they've sold those assets to a SPAC. Um, it's a spec that uh, has to do with a, a Russian oligarchs company. Um, but that's really neither here nor there. Uh, the, the stock is now listed in, in, in London, ACG it's called, I think it's going to end up changing its name to like ACG electric metals or battery metals or something like that. But, um, they're raising the funds now to, 
um, get these assets going, right? And it was just interesting to me, um, one, uh, that it didn't get a, a ton of coverage. I mean, there was a, an article in the in the Wall Street Journal, but I haven't seen it like shared around. Like you've seen like, you know, the tech Lencore stuff in your face for the past yeah. couple of months, for example. Um, but this was interesting because um, Volkswagen stepped up the 100 million prepayment for nickel. Uh, Stellantis stepped up 100 million in, in equity purchases. Uh, there's a, another natural resource fund called La Mancha that put in um, 100 million to buy shares of, of ACG and uh, Royal Gold, which is one of the top three gold royalty companies. You know, Franco and Wheaton yep. and, and Royal. They came with 250 million, a quarter billion dollars in 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 royalty financing. And then there's some pretty big banks um, involved as well, like. Uh, City and Society General, um, who are raising a three hundred, um, uh, three hundred million dollar debt facility, and so uh, this is a a billion dollar plus deal, and 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 you've got a good mix, right? Um, you know these these big banks are getting involved, these resource banks uh, are getting involved, the automakers obviously want to be involved. Oh, there was another one, Glencore came with a hundred million dollars too, and said that they will. Um, you know, uh, process the the concentrates uh, into into battery grade materials. So, uh, a lot of big players uh, involved there, and it speaks to a couple of things. It speaks to the the environment in Brazil, which is a a good jurisdiction and and has been. And it speaks to the willingness of these uh, large companies to write big checks, and and it speaks to um, and we've seen other deals that speak to this, but. It speaks to how automakers are having to go, you know, um, right to the miners now and, and make deals directly with the miners. And, and I expect that to continue. You know, you just mentioned that uh, RBC reported, I think it was, about how much copper mines had to come on. Well, you can go down a list if you look at like benchmark uh, yeah. minerals research, for example, and, and see, you know, how many billions need to be invested in lithium and, and nickel. And nickel, exactly right. So, and on, and on down the, the line. So, and, these deals are going to continue continue coming, and um, this one in Brazil to me was sort of a, a grand kickoff party, right? Of course, we've had you know the lithium deals in Nevada and Quebec, and you see these. Uh, I think Ford wrote a check to uh, some Indonesian nickel players, um, but this was multiple automakers, uh, multiple banks, and multiple resource conglomerates involved in 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 one one deal. And to me, that's sort of, sort of a shot across the bow. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And look, I hate to sound like, you know, the super optimistic, positive guy every week on the commodity space, but I can't help but look at copper and lithium and nickel um, and just get giddy, Nick, given the positions that we have in place for ourselves and for subscribers. And then given, look, on the speculative side of the market, the bargains that still exist, I could care less about some of the positions I have that I personally own that are down. 40 and 50% and aren't getting absolutely zero love, I'm buying the heck out of them, right? Uh, I'll, I'll give you all another free uh, pick this week that has a good copper exposure. They own 20% of that monster Ajax copper gold project that had its permit declined back in, I believe, 2017. Um, uh, Polish mining giant controls the other 80% and they appear to be making some really KGHM good inroads. There you go. Some really good inroads on advancing the part of the permitting process that complicated, and by complicated, I mean that led to them getting their permit denied, which was one First Nations group that, you know, didn't agree with moving the project forward. It seems like from the whispers that I hear that progress is being made 
that the two sides are really, really getting closer to agreeing on a path forward. And the engineering work that was done on that permit application is so thorough that if that First Nations group signs off on advancing the project, there there isn't much other opposition. And this is a massive project that, I, you know, I made a case before that just the 20% interest that Abacus Mining has, that's the company I'm talking about, um, is worth at least a dollar to a dollar twenty-five per share with the permitted hand, and part of that reason is Abacus is carried all the way through production. They don't have to spend a penny until this thing goes in production, and then the expenses that are being made to get it through and permitted would be paid back from the production profile. So it's a sweet a deal as exists out there for a junior that has a market cap, and I haven't looked at the bid, but I think it's somewhere around three and a half million. I'll tell you exactly what that number is right now, because uh, it's top of screen here. Avic is mining. There you 5. go. Five point four Canadian. Five point four Canadian. So you know, I, I wrote a check in the last financing. I bought a couple of million shares, and then you know, I'm I'm looking to add to that. And is it a lottery ticket? Sure. Is it a lottery ticket that I think you know doesn't drop below the three cents that I paid and, and, and a five cent warrant that I got. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in that as well. But, you know, that's that's one of those, uh, again, speculative, speculative plays that really isn't getting much attention in the markets, trading at four and a half, five cents on a regular basis. You could buy almost as much as you want right now at those levels. In in the copper market that I see uh, developing, Nick, I think that stock with a permit in hand could see its share, bought, its share of that project bought out at a significant, significant premium. And I'm not talking just 10 baggers. I'm talking slightly more than that. So, I mean, there's there's two excellent speculative earlier stage names, right? Abacus, more speculative just because they only own the 20%. And that's really their main asset. On the hand in front, I, again, I think there's a basin full of copper, gold, silver discoveries waiting to be made. And I can't wait till the permitting um, is, is, is moved forward and advanced for hand in, in Peru. And they, they, they start to drill out some of these targets I think it's going to be off to the races. So, yeah, lo love what I'm seeing for the commodity bull market setting up here for the latter half of this year and uh, 2024. Yeah, I see these names catching bids, even bigger ones. I just going to take a scroll through from time to time, the Ivanhoe's, uh, et cetera, even the Ivanhoe Electric, which I've been watching out of the corner of my eye. They, they all continue to catch bids. And so um, despite copper having been below four and um, uh, despite recession concerns, uh, some of these uh, copper stocks have held up really well. Couldn't agree more. Thoughts on the precious metals move, um, in, you know, in response, obviously, to the weaker dollar. But technically, gold to me looks really, really good. Right. We talked about support um, and, and not breaking support when it dropped below the nineteen hundred dollar level and how it recovered and how well it closed and, and, and bounced back from it. Any thoughts there? I mean, just exactly what we said, that it's yeah. been bullish, that when it's down around 1900 you should be uh, buying and adding to it. I told you I was doing that with GLD uh, the other week when gold was down around 1900 um, It did technically hold support. It remains technically bullish. And then it got the tailwind of softening dollars uh, and bond yields um, this week. So um, I think gold's looking good. And it's held up remarkably well in the face of a, a year's worth of rate hikes uh, as well. So... Um, you know, the same old sentiment in that the, the related stocks are, aren't doing as good, right? I, um, was reading Mr. Brian London this week, lamenting about how it's like only the second worst sentiment he's seen, um, in the gold space with, with gold doing, you know, 
relatively well, if mm-hmm. not better than than relatively well. And um, you know, I, I think that'll change uh, uh, eventually. We talked about, you know, uh, at least me and David Erkley did about um, you know how, how you don't kind of mess around with some of these companies that don't have funding or don't have good uh, management. Um, and you can make a really short list of companies that are well-funded and are in the right part of the Lassonde curve. And, and those companies are, are catching a bid. Like, um, I'm sure I've talked about Artemis Gold on here. I've, yeah. You know, recommended that in, in the past couple of months down around 475. And look, gold went to, to 1950, 1960 this week. And, and that stock shoots over $5. And not even on news. Their news this week was that they were taking people out of camp because of the wildfires and, and slowing activities. Uh, they're, they're under construction right now, and, and then the stock goes up. And it, it certainly helps that the chairman bought a quarter million dollars worth of shares last week and, and shows his confidence in, in the project. But um, no, gold looks good, and, and, and quality gold developers uh, are starting to look better. And Let's you had talk. silver on there. I mean, silver does what uh what, what silver does i mean yeah. uh, but, but these things go in ranges right and so uh, i wouldn't be surprised if gold pulled back to to 1920 1910 or whatever in the in the next couple of weeks uh, these ebbs and flows are part and parcel for um just how markets trade for for different reasons and again you've got a fed meeting on the 26th i think it is where you likely see a quarter point hike you, you, they might not do two more uh, because of the cpi we got this week but uh, i market's still pricing in um i'll tell you exactly what it is because i'm pulling it up before we started recording a 92 percent chance of a, of a quarter point hike in two weeks let's um talk something that is a little trickier for me anyhow um and then it's mostly because i don't dabble in the major u.s indices but are we out of a bear market in the uh, major u.s indices uh, market i thought you were going to you were ask about bitcoin you oh, know, that one's next. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's been really difficult, right? Um, and maybe difficult's not the right word. It's 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 been confusing. Um, the market's yeah. a discounting like the market's a discounting mechanism, of, of course. Um, and some of the stuff you've heard me say a uh, hundred times, right? Uh, this yield curve is still significantly inverted. Um, the ISM numbers for manufacturing are in contraction contractionary levels. Um, the conference board is 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 saying a, a recession is coming in the in the next year. Now they pushed that out, um, but all these classic indicators and and ones that have been right on you know many of the last recessions going back 50, 60, 70, 80 years continue to say that a, that a recession is coming, um, and yet stocks continue to go higher, <laughs> and they also go higher in the face of not good earnings. Um, Bad earnings with more layoffs coming. Negative earnings, in fact. So, you know, we haven't even really started Q2 earnings season. It's kicking off like this week in earnest. You get some banks that report uh, tomorrow, the the 14th of July. Um, And I think maybe Pepsi reported this week and and there's been a couple of others. But it's really just early early stage in the in the in the earnings numbers. And 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 still earnings growth is supposed to be negative for, for Q2. It's supposed to be flat for Q3, which is obviously three months away. And then uh, these are fact set numbers I'm reciting now. It's supposed to be, you know, marginally higher for for Q4 earnings. So these stocks are going up um, when earnings are 
are are going down and and it makes one wonder you know what's the reason behind that um i'm not really answering your question um because i don't have a a great answer uh, you know for me um i've been doing some selling as these stocks have been going up and 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 building up my cash position i do still think that um, we have another leg down, but if you if you if you listen to the bulls, if you follow the bulls on on Twitter, the the Tom Lees of the world, I mean, they're taking victory laps, man. They're they're put putting the fingers in the eye of the the bears, and 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 they think they're right. Um, what else did I want to did I want to get in there? Um, Got to talk volatility. Well, I'll get to volatility in a second. Let me talk about inflation because. Well, um, Inflation means that prices are going up. If you remember when inflation was transitory, is 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 when the the stocks the stock market was hitting all time highs, right? When inflation was at nine percent, not when it was at the three percent we got this week. And when you have inflation falling like it has been consecutively for the past twelve months, it means that prices are going down, um, uh, which means that um, companies, uh, you know. Uh, aren't necessarily raking in as, as, as much cash either. They're getting lower prices. And so um, I'm interested to see how that's reflected in these earnings reports. You've also got uh, a potential for reinflation, which I think the Fed is, is, is going to be concerned about and why they're going to hike here at the end of July. I, I mentioned earlier, you've got oil back at $77. Well, what do you think one of the main inputs to the to the inflation number is, right? It, it's oil. And if you've got oil at, at three or four month highs, what's the uh, the next CPI number going to look like? Um, I have to say, I don't think we're, we're out of the, the bear market yet. And um, I'm not a, a perma bear. Like I'm not sure. one of these, you know, like Peter Schiff is perma bullish on gold. If Earnings were going up. If you know ISM numbers were expanding, if the yield curve hadn't been inverted for a year and a half, I you know I'd be more willing to say, yeah, like we're fundamentally in a bull market. But I don't see, um, other than um, a small group of stocks, uh, the reason to be bullish or to allocate significant amount of capital to the to the broad market indices. Sorry, I sort of tiptoed around that answer there because. Yeah, I have the FOMO as well. It's like, you know, I've been increasingly doubting myself over the past couple of weeks on this, you know, bearish stance. But um, the data is the data. The the only data point that's going up is the stock price, which I guess is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And if you don't have a, a brain and you're not a, whatever, an intellectual or whatever, you don't, you know, think about and weigh in on this stuff all the time and, and let it weigh on you. But uh, I do think about it, and I and I do look at the data. And so, anyway, I'm starting to ramble. But but price says stocks are going up. Obviously, a lot of other data says that they shouldn't be, and that we're not done yet. Well, I, I like the answer. I think it, it 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 speaks to just how complicated it is to navigate the overall indices right now. Um, volatility, uh, volatility plays right into that, right? I know that you had some positions um, going long volatility and then short at one point. Where do you stand on volatility right now? Because boy, I tell you, uh, the permables that are taking victory laps right now are, are, are you know, absolutely rejoicing at the lack of volatility in the, in the space. Sure. Well, I told you last week that uh, my most recent bet on volatility <clears throat> didn't go well. It's, yeah. it's still underwater. And 
I was saying uh, last week that I didn't know what was going to take the VIX back up. But if you look at it, it's it's got significantly more upside potential than the downside potential. And yet, um, it continues to sit with a, a, a 13 handle on the VIX. Um, you could see it with a 17 handle in short order. Um, but the, the call buying, again, which is what the, the VIX is based on, uh, the S&P call buying is... Um, still very robust. Um, and so, and I don't really have an answer for you there. It, the upside is to 17 in short order. There's not a lot of downside left on the VIX. I mean, what's this, it's going to go to single digits. I mean, what's going to happen here, you know? Um, and so, you know, we'll see what induces the, the next sell-off, but yeah, volatility has been absolutely non-existent for a month and a half. Uh, really below 20 since I'm looking at the chart. Sorry. Since March. I mean, that was it. That was the end of my answer. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Let's, uh, let's talk about why everyone's listening in, right? Is it Zuckerberg or Elon? Right. I mean, we've, uh, we've, we've now gotten to the point in our, um, social media billionaire, uh, bingo card that, um, it looks like a real possibility that Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk might get into an actual cage match. There's even discussions about it happening in the Coliseum of all places. And um, Mr. Hodge, I know you you know you gotta you gotta be somewhat curious of the locale and um, given the history, I, I found it highly ironic, right? If you know your history about the Coliseum and why it was built and. You know, it was breaded circuses. Yeah, absolutely, right? It was meant to entertain the masses while the very few continue to enrich themselves and continue to plunder and rape and do all the things, right? Um, it's ironic to me that you have two of the richest people on the planet that control two of the largest social media platforms on the planet have gotten to a point where they're talking about, and if you're underage or you don't like profanity, I'll give you three seconds to cover your ears. So you just have to cover them for five seconds. Ready, guys and gals? It's gotten to the point where Elon is proposing a dick measuring contest and started taunting Mark and saying that he should go ask his wife if she's got pictures of his, right? And so, again, it's, 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 it's highly entertaining, yes, also highly ironic because of the location that they're 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 banding about. And um anyhow, any any thoughts, any feelings? You got a camp that you're going for? No, you know. Um <laughs> I, I was thinking I was I don't have uh a, a I have dog the intellectual guy the question. The guy that ponders the data and that's trying to figure out if we're in a bull or bear market because the stock prices aren't matching with the earnings data and oh. you know the Price PE ratios aren't matching the stock prices. I ask him about Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, and that's what makes bizarre world I, bizarro world. <laughs> I, I want to say that you know, alien robot um, Zuckerberg would, you know, he's got that those dead eyes. He's got that you know quietness. He's not out there talking shit. Whereas you know, Musk runs his mouth and. Uh, you saw the picture of him shirtless on on the boat last year. I, I think that was. I have to think that Mark is in much better shape. Um, There's a picture of I Mark think, floating around training. He looked good. Yeah, I think I think I think Mark would. I think Mark would get him. I don't know why this all started though. It's been going around social media for a couple of weeks now. You know them poking at each other back and forth. 
Of course, Zuckerberg has launched this new, um, you know, Twitter killer. Everything's a killer these days, right? The Tesla killer, the lithium killer, everything's a killer. We've just adopt that, adopted that in the nomenclature when there's something new. Um, and then all the those things killer, go much higher. <laughs> that's what that, that's what's funny. <laughs> right. Every time the killer comes uh, out, the thing that's supposed to be being killed surges, right? Tesla having itself up. a heck of a year. Uh, lithium having itself, you know, a great rebound with, you know, a lot of the equities hitting new all-time highs or close to it anyhow. So, yeah, all of it's funny so to I, me. I don't know if that's why it started or not, but um, so... Uh, Facebook or Meta obviously owns Instagram and Instagram is launching this new social network called Threads. Um, and I guess they've got in the past week like 100 million people to to sign up for it and think that um, 200 million is is doable. And this is without really like walking it out to the Facebook yep. people. This is just sort of like organic growth in the, in the first week. So anyway, uh, I'm not sure if that's why it started or not, though I will say Every couple of months, there seems to be, you know, uh, a new Twitter killer, right? Like everyone's going to uh, Truth Social, everyone's going to Clubhouse, everyone's going to Discord, everyone's going to this and to that. And then at the end of the day, it's Twitter, right? Sort of just like there's a new battery. And that's what I was thinking about this week. So sorry, my answer is rambling, but um, there's going to be a new battery. It's a sugar battery. It's a bio battery. It's an oxygen battery. And then like, no, like we're still just building lithium ion gigafactories. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I think Mark would win. I hope they don't measure their dicks. Um, but certainly it's 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 uh, a, a distraction. Right. And and like you said, um, harkens back to um, the, the bread and circuses era when they were stepping on the, the Roman currency and, and it was an empire in decline. And so, um, yeah, certainly. Um, very poignant that it could be hosted in the in the in the Coliseum. And what gets me is that like these guys have time to to do this, to tweet about this. Like Elon Musk is like, oh yeah, tweet like, oh, it could happen in the Coliseum. Like the Italian president's trying to make it happen. <laughs> and and oh by the way, he launched a new artificial intelligence company this week. It was called XAI, right? Uh, of course um, he did. To, to to do battle with Chat GPT, which he was on the board of, uh, and now I'm just rambling. But he was no, no, part no, yeah, of OpenAI. Yeah, he was on the board until like 2018 or, or 2019 or something like that. Elon Musk, I'm talking about, and so um, now he's got uh, uh, an AI company, so uh, an EV company, a space company, uh, a satellite internet company, a rocket company, and 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 now an AI company. So. On the company front, Musk wins, but I still think you'd get punched in the throat by Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, and and, and look, I will pay to see that. By the way, I, I would take take my hundred dollars. I've spent a hundred dollars on way more frivolous things than seeing uh, Mark and Elon go at it for however long that lasts. Um, I'm supposed to remind you all to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. To get all of our Elon and Mark insights, as well as some insights on the market, some of our top picks, some of what we're buying, um, and overall content from a host of excellent, excellent editors that cover a number of different sectors. Um, what are we watching this week, Mr. Hodge? I'll start with you. Well, uh, you mentioned our host of editors, and so I'll just mention Chris Curl, who's been 
uh, saying that that Bitcoin was going to start breaking out. It's it's above thirty one thousand uh, dollars per Bitcoin as we record this. He wrote an article this week about um, how you could benefit from that not by owning um, individual cryptocurrencies or tokens, but by owning uh, Bitcoin miners. And uh, one of the ones he was writing about in that article, let me click on it so I get it exactly right, was called Terra Wolf which is actually domiciled in my old stomping grounds of the eastern shore of Maryland. Um, but it was up like 30% today. We record this on, on Thursday the 13th. Um, and in the past month, it's up from $1.50 to almost $4. And so um, he's probably feeling better about the, the crypto market, certainly, than he has been uh, over the past year or so. Um, and he's made a couple of... of Pretty good calls, man. Uh, he the has. Bitcoin miners that I just announced. But he was also talking about the the government uh, lawsuit, the SEC lawsuit against uh, Ripple, uh, whose token is XRP, and um, Ripple won that lawsuit this week. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a security. I think is the the ruling. Let me make sure I got that right too. On, on. Anyway, and Ripple doubled like in a day, which he's got in the um, the crypto cycle portfolio. So, do do do. XRP is not a security, so it won the lawsuit against the 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 SEC. And yes, the XRP token doubled in a day. So, um, I guess that's what I'm watching is Mr. Coin get his mojo back in the in the crypto space. I will be watching for Bravo Mining, and you you alluded to it a bit earlier, but Bravo is broken out, and it's you know it's at new all time highs. I, I mentioned we we help finance that, and and look, subscribers got to do so as well at the fifty cent level. It just touched a, a new high, uh, four seventy today, uh, Canadian. It looks primed to to head towards the ten dollar level, and the reason it's doing that is because there's speculation that not only does it have you know, a, what's already there, what's already there is a world-class PGM plus rhodium and gold um, deposit, the Luanga deposit, right, which is getting a, a, a resource makeover right now. We'll have those numbers over the next couple of months. It's going to be it's going to be robust. And because of the infrastructure advantages that it has and the fact that it's on private land, the permitting aspect and the path forward isn't in question. It's just a matter of how rich can they make what's there. And what appears to be there now is if this is Luanga and the PGM deposit, there looks like potentially there could be another eight and a half kilometers of strike worth of massive nickel copper sulfides underneath that. And so, you know, if if the speculation says if the PGM deposit can rival Chalice's deposit, and I think it can, then the market cap should be north very much so of a billion dollars based on Luanga. And if we think there's going to be eight and a half kilometers underneath at depth of a similar but richer nickel copper massive sulfide deposit, it's going to get really fun really quick. And $10 before end of year <laughs> is it out of the question. I see you, Nick. <laughs> so that's what I'm watching for. I'm, I'm waiting for results from that EM survey. They already alluded to in the last press release that came out this week. That initial interpretation suggests uh, many potential targets. And of course, what we want as shareholders, we want that, that those feeder zones. If, if they can tap into the feeder zones and that survey lights up like a Christmas tree, they have drill eggs already at the site waiting to drill, um, pending final interpretation of that survey. So it's exciting times at Bravo. 
I had a fund manager that manages, I don't know, it was quite a bit, it was a couple hundred million dollars. He was asking for ideas. He'd done well with PMET. And, you know, I had mentioned Bravo Mining $150 million ago, right? Market cap wise. And he said he couldn't touch it until it hit half a billion. So I reminded him, well, it's at half a billion now. And you know, I think it's got a pretty damn good shot of doubling year before now and year end. So yeah, Bravo Mining, doing what Bravo Mining has done here um, all year long, executing brilliantly um, uh, in the field. And it's finally translating into some real share price appreciation. So congrats to those of you and those of us that um, have been long since the 50 cent level. Well, they give you a little taste. Um, so just to add on to that, because I was writing about it today. Um, and they put out news uh, this week. It was, you know, uh, yep. drill results from this phase two program. Uh, and they were good, you know. It, 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 another thing to add there is that this thing hasn't really been drilled below 250 meters, right? And so this phase two drill campaign is going down below to, to 300 meters and, and potentially beyond. And they're finding increasing nickel grades at depth. They're finding the PGM. Uh, grades continued uh, to depth. And so that's one thing. But if you read the quote from Mr. Azevedo, <laughs> um, he says that, and I'll just read it verbatim, um, we're encouraged with these drill results, particularly as we await the final interpretation of the recently completed Heli-TEM Airborne Electromagnetic Survey. And then he just throws in this little kicker, right? Where yep. preliminary data interpretation suggests promising anomalies are present. So they already looked at the data and, yeah. and they know what it says. And, and they're just waiting to put out the uh, the the final press release uh, with the final interpretation and, and, and then they'll drill it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Simon Matram has said, uh, who is the president, um, you know, that lots of people go elephant hunting and they believe they have a herd of elephants. Simon, who typically, if you know him, uh, tends to be a conservative guy, is as giddy and excited as I've seen any president. Um, you know, and, and obviously his his history of nickel success, I think his, his skill set is perfectly suited uh, for making a major, major discovery at a time where, as we mentioned earlier, um, we need a whole heck of a lot more nickel and copper. So the timing couldn't be better. So I'm watching that this week. I mean, that has uh, real world consequences for you know, myself or you for for subscribers of ours that uh, have been in it since the early days and then potentially more recent subscribers that maybe got in a couple of dollars share price ago, 100% or so ago, the potential to make some real money there with Bravo. And then, of course, I'm waiting for Patriot to get to drilling again. It started raining a bit um, out there. I'm hoping that's sustainable and I'm hoping we get those burn bands lifted so that we can get back to uh, not just the May maiden resource estimate, where which, you know, I already have my mind about where that comes in. But growing that thing and connecting some of these blobs and, and just proving up the potential scale of this stuff and forcing those major mining companies to come in and, and buy, you know, through open market purchases, their stake in the company because it's not going to happen via a financing, not the way that I understand major shareholders, including myself, um, prefer that to happen. We, we much rather see it happen in the open market and you know i talked with you off air nick evan cranston uh who you know him and his group have are the major shareholders have a substantial substantial stake and and, and i would i would say they obviously have a say a substantial say as well about the way that that's done he tweeted as much he said no majors coming in and getting a 10 percent raise when we could go to the market and do a hundred percent flow through 100 percent premium on a flow through financing they're going to have to buy it in the open market. And I think all oh, hell will break losing the share price when that happens. Wind moon? I don't know when moon, but I know moon's happening. So 
I stay content with my shares in, in the portfolio. And then, you know, every day I do the numbers of when it goes to 20, what's it going to be? When it goes to 30, what's it going to be? All of those are good numbers. So uh, kudos to those of you that are holding strong and weathering the lack of volatility in the stock because it's just been, frankly, a boring stock as far as share price goes for the last four months or so, right? It's been pretty range bound, but um, in the field, executing brilliantly, adding lots and lots of value. There's a lot more to have there. Anything else to add, Mr. Hodge? No, um, it will be consequential, both Bravo and Patriot. I think Bravo is the single biggest check I ever wrote. I've wrote, written multiple checks that in aggregate were bigger at other companies, but at Bravo, 50 cent financing was the biggest check I ever wrote. And it speaks to share structure, right? I wasn't getting a warrant. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I had to, to, if I wanted more shares, I had to buy them then, which I did. Um, and that's, you know, well, one of the things that allows a, a stock to have a good structure, right? And then perform well in the, in the capital markets when uh, people aren't selling because they know they have warrants to exercise. So uh, it's good to see things uh, line up and work for the right reasons. Couldn't agree more. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was the 227th episode of Investing in Bizarro World, our weekly therapy session. I hope y'all are staying warm out there. Um, I hope y'all are staying hydrated. I hope you're being kind to each other. Uh, quick reminder to to tell the people you love that you love them. You know, today's the one year anniversary of my father passing away. Not oh, to no. be morbid, but it's all the same. Like I told my brother and sister, he's been dead every day to me. So it's just another day. But every day I take solace in the fact that we had good conversations up until, you know, two hours before he passed and then it was, was able to communicate you know, all of the love and all the feelings and even some of the negative stuff. And, um, you know, he went peacefully and uh, happy nothing was left unsaid, right? So I encourage all of you to take a moment and just talk to your people. And I know that resonates right now, Nick, and as always, but anything to add to that? No, you said stay warm, but hopefully people are staying cool out there because it's hot. That's it, y'all. Go be kind to each other. Have a good one. Enjoy it. Get outside. Stay warm. Stay cool. Stay whichever one you prefer. There you go. See ya. Bye, y'all. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.